Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If you want interesting and entertaining debate on the Premier League and other English leagues, but from a show that doesn't take itself too seriously, then check out The Whistleblowers. It's a weekly football podcast hosted by me. I used to play football, Martin Gritton, uh, stand-up Mark Smith when he can, and music manager Gareth Dobson, who uh, always has plenty of good chat, being a Spurs fan. Um, we basically get football writers in to have a chat as well. And we talk about the stories that matter in English football, whether it's on the pitch or off it. It's free to listen to iTunes, Acast, Spotify, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Uh, or you can download the Whistleblowers app. Follow us on Twitter at Football Podcast. Cheers. Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal. Yeah, we're still going. We decided not to give up all hope. After our um, another frankly disappointing performance yesterday against Leeds United, I am Boyd Hilton. Have I said that already? I can't remember. I'm probably delirious with the pain of my broken arm. Um, Josh Landy is there in his cupboard, in his wardrobe. Um, I can see him on our wonderful Skype call. Hi, Josh. Boydo, how are you? Yeah, this is just where I get best quality internet that isn't downstairs in my house. So I squeeze in here. To uh, to see your face, I, I was very concerned when I saw the news about your arm. Is re- how's mm. recovery going? Is it going to be like an Arsenal injury where they say it's three weeks, but <laughs> then we don't see you for like four or five months? Yeah, pretty much. Because um, when I first did it, they uh, when I went to the hospital, they were like, "Oh, you know," I think someone said like six weeks or something, and they turned out to be a grotesque lie. And then when I went back to the hospital last week, the actual experts, the orthopedic expert doctor, said, "No, no, it's like twelve weeks. Twelve weeks of this." Of me, is it your, yeah. is it your my, main right, your writing hand? No, or? it's my left arm, thankfully. Right arm would have been an utter disaster because so I can type with one hand pretty much and you know function basically. It's just an inconvenience. It's, I'm not, I don't want to bang on about it, Josh. But what I would say is do not anyone walk on wet leaves in a park. Um, that's how I did it, and uh, it's yeah, it's absolute nightmare. There you go. Would, don't, were you? Go on. Were you with anyone? When no, you did I was it? on my go. No, I was on my own. It's on my daily walk. That's my daily exercise. In heavy quotes, yeah. um, a fast walk in the park, and it's my local park. And um, 
I just just it was raining. I just just walked a bit too fast on a bit too many leaves, wet leaves, and I went arse over tit, as they say, and and broke my humerus bone, which is in the upper arm, as I'm sure you know. Painful. Um, yeah, yeah. But anyway, let's not bang on about that. We've got two excellent top value guests to talk to talk us through the current crisis i'm gonna use that word it's not a crisis um the current situation arsenal dan roebuck is with us who i can also see resplendent in uh in a kind of in a nice uh, surrounded by shelves dan mm. Uh, full of Arsenal videos, I presume. Uh, there are one or two up there. In fact, yes, there is. That's very true. Um, just on your arm, obviously, um, you won't be able to throw your arms up in the air and cheer, which is probably a good job at the moment because there's not that much to cheer about. No, you're right. (laughs) No goals. I know. Although I'm slightly, um, I don't know what to do because the news today, today or Monday evening, we're recording this and, um, I don't know you've seen, but if you're in, if, if you're in tier two, Two yeah. of the new, um, the new Corona fans could be back. Fans could be back as, as early as next week. So, um, have we got home Europa game next week? Uh, probably. Uh, it's, yeah, it's Mulder, isn't it? This yeah. week away. All oh, right. So yeah, we must be home the following week. So, and, and then so, it's yeah, home, yeah. home against Rapid Vienna on. Um, yeah. I don't know. So now I don't know if I am picked in that ballot of, among the two thousand or four thousand, however many it's going to be. Whether I feel like I could go with a broken arm, I don't know. Maybe I suppose I could. Why, why shouldn't mm. I? Anyway, we'll go. Yeah, on. You're, you're obviously presuming that we're going to be in tier two or less. I mean, London could be tier three, couldn't it? It could be, but I think at the moment the situation in London is all right, Look, according to my app on my phone. Okay, that good. That's good news. Today. Yeah. Anyway, so Dan is with us, um, and. Uh, we always like to have him on when Arsenal um, uh, suffer a humiliating <laughs> setback. Uh, Alan Alger is with us. Hi, Alan. I've not been on every week, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Um, not only that's not only are you on after after a semi humiliating. Um, although you know, we'll talk about it. But there was a, there was a, you know we we held on. Could have won the game. Um, but not only that, of course, but your favourite player, the player. Um, one of the players you bang on about more than more than most is uh, Pepe was sent off for that ludicrous moment of um, lack of self-control. So we've got that to talk about and everything. But how are you doing, Alan? How, how are you bearing up under lockdown uh, not too, and all that? Not too bad, thanks, boy. Yeah, um, been getting to go to the odd West Ham game. Obviously can't go to Arsenal, but encouraging news. I don't think I'm going to be anywhere near the ballot when that, um, when that sets off. So it doesn't look like I'll be going to the Emirates for a long while. Did you not enter the ballot? I didn't. No, I didn't. I didn't. Um, was there a ballot for, that was actually specifically for this game coming up next week, or is it just oh, the no. first game back? I think just for just for the year, whenever whenever we get back. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, no, I meant the general <laughs> ballot of, of, of ages ago, ages and ages ago. Yeah, I've messed that up then, so I won't be going. Okay. Well, yeah. Um, so I guess we have to address um, the the. I guess Dan, I'm going to start with you. Um, we are in a slightly, it's getting, I think we all, I think generally we all felt we, I say we all, I'm generalizing massively, but most of the, most of the guests on this podcast, possibly excluding Alan, but even Alan is, is, is quite fair minded when it comes to Arteta. I think we're all giving, you know, we're all very optimistic about it. Certainly when we beat Man United, like a matter of weeks ago, there was a huge wave of optimism. I felt certainly within myself, um, and with Josh and most of our guests, um, that you know, yeah, Arteta was doing a good job within reason and established a 
a disciplined style of play that was, we had the best defense in the league at that point, by the way, um, you know, only after six or seven games, but still, but then, then came the Aston Villa performance, which was diabolical. And then came yesterday, which was kind of pretty poor in the first half. Um, and we haven't scored a goal from open play in what, like half a year or something. So Dan, do you think there are problems running deep? Is my opening question. Or well, are we getting carried away? Are we being reactive to, you know, some disappointing? Yeah, people? look, you you know you know what football's like. That there's an awful lot of recency bias, and whatever the last game was, or the last two games were, whatever the results were, um, then people tend to focus on that. To a certain extent, that's fair enough. But as you're right, the win against United was great. It was the middle of three on the spin. Obviously, two in the Europa League against Dundalk and Mulder. Um, but Arsenal generally don't draw games. That was the first Premier League draw, of course, at uh, the weekend against Leeds. And it was a decent draw in the end. I mean, Leeds have put up some good performances. I know they've not won as many as we thought that they might do when they ran Liverpool close on the first game of the season. But they are a side that enjoy a lot of possession against every single team they play against, including the likes of Liverpool. They had more possession than Man City when they drew with City uh, 1-1 earlier this season. So... It wasn't a surprise that Arsenal didn't create lots of opportunities. I know there's been lots of stats about passes to various uh, attacking players uh, that have popped up on Twitter over the course of the last day. But, you know, the sending off changed everything. And as you mentioned before, there were still chances to win it. I mean, Saka's chance was was a brilliant opportunity, wasn't it? And and that goes in and it's a smash and grab raid and you come away from it and you think, OK, not played well, but you've won that one. Um, disappointing and, and a lot of focus on Pepe because that was fairly silly, as Mikel Arteta pointed out. But I've done, look, I don't think you can really start thinking, you know, we're in deep trouble and this is a, a significant uh, trough that we're going to struggle to get out of. I don't think it's like that at the moment. And I don't think it will get that way. Alan, I put it to you that despite recent form and despite, you know, disappointing performance yesterday, blah, blah, blah. We are, as it stands at the moment, one point ahead of Manchester City. I know they've got a game in hand, but even before the game in hand, we're on exactly the same level as Manchester City when we played the same number of games, the same goal difference. Um, We've got the same goal difference now. And they, I believe, are still second favourites to win the league. Now, obviously, they've got a better squad than us. But that's an interesting situation, isn't it, Alan? Well, it is, but, you know, they have not only a much better squad, they have a much better manager, they have they have resources unlimited, and it looks, you know, if they are in this kind of trouble when they get to the January transfer window, they might dip into those, but we need to focus on ourselves, and I think, you know, Dan mentions recency bias, and it's something that I try not to get into too much, because, you know, it's, it's a bit of a sin in, in the industry that I work in, but if you look at the, the Manchester United result that we all praised and we all got on top of saying, you know, oh, that was fantastic, the way we set up there and the way that our players adapted to Mikel Arteta's plan to nullify Manchester United, we're slowly finding out that Manchester United aren't that good. So actually, that result is counting for less and less the more Manchester United play. And one of the bigger mistakes was actually the following week picking exactly the same team to play what should have been an offensive game 
against a, a team that were actually struggling at that point. You know, Villa came to us on, on, the, on the back of a couple of defeats. It looked as if the bubble had burst. We needed to get at them. And we actually gave them space and ball and, and everything because of the type of game that we played. And, the, and that, that team selection was wrong. And going into the, the Leeds game, you're playing a team that, that actually, I know Dan says he didn't expect us to get chances, but they've been giving up more chances than anyone in the league. 2.7 XG per game they've been giving up. And we only scored 0.8 yesterday. And Saka's chance would have been a huge amount on that. So I, I think questions need to start to be asked. One thing I would say about that is that I know Leeds conceded four in the previous two games. Calvin Phillips was was missing. They're, they're their best midfield player, their defensive midfield player. When he has played, Leeds have been much stronger and they have uh, managed, by the first two games of the season, much better defensive uh, performances. I, I still think it's a bit too early. I mean, I take your point. I mean, you know, where, where, where do your form lines start and stop? I mean, if you look at that Villa game, Leeds beat Villa 3-0 at, at Villa Park. You, you can massage it any way you want. I take your point. But that's why, Dan, you have to, I think you have to stop them completely, the form lines, because you start to find out the performances of teams aren't, aren't up to scratch. So you have to look. The only thing you can look at consistently is Arsenal's performance in matches. And I don't think there's anyone out there that would say it's been good enough in recent weeks. To be fair, the team selection this week, he, he did change it around, didn't he? So he was facing a lot of um, criticism, Arteta, for persevering with Aubameyang wide and picking um, Lacazette, who's been off form badly this season, and um, having too many defenders and all that. But he did. Re- he, he he had we had Aubameyang central. We had it was a kind of a four-two-three-one, wasn't it? He brought in Willock. People were clamouring. There was a lot of clamouring for Willock to be brought in. Um, he played Pepe from the start, who he hasn't picked. That often. we obviously we know how that played out. But but what I mean is, in terms of the team selection, when he when it was announced, I, I think most fans were like, "Oh, good, he's addressed." You know, he has actually changed it around. He's addressed some of the issues. Sometimes, is it, you know, isn't this Josh game possibly a situation where, I mean, you know, he picked kind of the right team, but they just didn't perform for him. And, you know, it was weird, wasn't it? Because uh, Dan was talking about the stats that came out today about how few passes were made between players, how few, pa- you know, how, you know, they weren't passing to each other. It, it's extraordinary. And it was, they did feel, like, weirdly constrained. Like, players like Ceballos, Willian, Willock wasn't great, you know, they picked him. You know, all these players, they just didn't perform, did they? Is that, you know, and, and to what extent do we blame the manager or do we blame the players? That's that hoary old issue. I think we were talking about this on the last podcast we did, Boyd, about what changes they would have to be implemented on the back of that defeat to Aston Villa. And I think we said Pepe will come in. We'll see Saka probably, you know, probably be be playing. Um, and and it was just a bit of a mix, wasn't it? I mean, uh, Willian, I, I mean, the one... One that we could have had possibly Saka for Willian. I think that's probably the only change we'd have uh, potentially been looking at. The rest, you know, pretty much picks itself. I think what's also interesting is, I, you know, we always talk about injured, yeah, Party was injured, we should say. And um, Louise had a baby, which why he wasn't playing. And I guess Saka wasn't playing because he played, you know, in the week international game I'm, I'm saying apart from Saka for Willian, I don't think there's anything I would have done. But international weeks have always been a huge problem and disproportionately presumably will always affect the bigger clubs and none more so than when you've had three internationals um and if maybe 
we can look back at the end of a season and we'll think an away game at Leeds after an international break, which we've got none of that to worry about till March. Maybe when all is said and done, a point won't be the worst. You know, this draw will probably not be in our top 10 poor results of this season, if we're honest. Um, and that uh, maybe we just have to accept it. Dan, did you think the team was it was roughly the team that he should have picked? I think so. I mean, part party was a big miss. El Nenny, uh, unfortunately, isolating with, with a positive COVID test while on international duty here. Egypt, you, you're right, the Saka William thing, you, you could argue. Pepe, it was only his second Premier League start. And you mentioned Willock, he scored two goals in, in his last two games in the Europa League, but a really good performance in against Mulder. You think, well, this is an opportunity for him. I, did, I didn't think it was the, the sort of helter-skelter game that I thought it would be. I thought Leeds sat off a little bit in the first half. Um, and there wasn't a lot of opportunities. I, I thought the team set up all right. They just didn't perform on the day. Uh, it was it was disappointing. I mean, I still think that the, the sending off changes everything. I mean, it's early on in the second half. If it's 11 versus 11, I think Arsenal create a few more opportunities. We've seen Leeds teams run out of gas and, and concede late goals this season. It, I think it would have been different. Um, uh, Mikel Arteta has come out and, and said what he said about Pepe and, and he was played a bit, wasn't he, really, with um, Alioski and, and we saw the coverage uh, from Sky, the, the sort of spats and the shirt tugging and the pushing and shoving and he got in his face and unfortunately mm. reacted to that. I think it would have been different. I mean, look, the, Al, Al's right on, on lots of what he said before. Um, this is what, Premier League game number nine. Uh, there's some tough games coming up, Wolves uh, at home and, and Spurs, of course, and this sort of midweek weekend um, schedule that we've got all the way through until uh, the New Year's. It's sort of 10, 11, maybe even 12 games in the next sort of five and a half weeks. So it's it's going to be tough. We'll, I think we'll find out a lot more come the end of the calendar year as to as to where we're at. Alan, do you, I mean, to ask you the question about the, the, the team selection, this guy, I agree, totally agree with you about the team selection against Villa was, was felt silly. Um, but this time around, it felt fairly fairly straightforward, didn't it, the team he had to pick? Yeah, I thought it was fair enough. I think, you know, um, as, as we've said, people were clamouring that uh, a Bamiyang should be tried through the mid- middle, and that meant that, you know, you want to get two creative wide players on, William and, and Pepe got his chance. But, I mean, we're talking about the red card, but the red card did occur nearly an hour into the game. And up to that point, we, we hadn't had a shot on target. So I can't, I can't put it down to the red card. I mean, yeah, we're saying in the remaining half an hour or so, that has been a danger zone for Leeds, um, even, in, even going back to the championship last season. You know, teams were uh, soaking up pressure against them and then, and then hitting them on the break because they hadn't taken their chances. But we're Arsenal, and we should be thinking that that's not the kind of thing that we want to do when we're going away to, to clubs like that that will finish around mid-table. But... You know, are, are we finally accepting that we're a mid-table team? And is that a good point? Because, you know, if we need to get on board with that, then we've got some, some darker days to come if, if Arteta needs that kind of time. 51 minutes he was sent off, Al. Huh? 51. So, you know... <laughs> just thought I'd throw that one in. Nearly an hour. That's nine minutes <laughs> off. But um, I just think, think that's... That, that, I think it's been far too kind. You know, yeah, mate. Look, look, maybe nothing in the first fifty-one minutes to suggest that eleven v eleven it was going to it was going to change. And I mean, if if anything, 
the, the, the enforced tactical change of having 10 men meant that we started to play on the break even more, and it, and it probably led to, to two good chances that, that might not have come if we'd have, st- if we'd have stayed at 11. And I think Gary Neville even made a good, good um, point in, in commentary, saying that Leeds started doing things that were sort of alien to a team playing 11 versus 10 when they were making decisions. So you don't know how it affected them either. I'm, I'm, I'm not prepared. Because of the first 51 minutes, I am not prepared to give a pass on that and say, you know, the remaining 39 might have been different. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't good. And I think if you look at form in, in sense of now the last five games in the Premier League, I think it's only the bottom four in the Premier League who are below us effectively. Like we, we have, we've, you know, we are in a horrible little period that we are, you know, not used to um, with Arsenal at the moment. But I just think, you know, I, I, I still, I don't feel vastly different to how I felt towards Arteta. I still see some progress at what he's been able to do with our defense. It's not like we're already, 15 points away from the top of the table. I just think what Dan said is absolutely right. What happens in the next five, six weeks into Christmas is huge. Like the table is just going to look so different. That's the reason Man City still are second favorites to win because people are still valuing about how good these teams are. And I think, you know, I think we're better than probably our, our league position tells us at the moment. And I, I, I'm not going to get all do, doom and gloom, Boyd. But we're not. Yeah. We're not. We're not. We we are actually, we're actually above where we should be. If if you look at the if you look at the performance stats, we're actually we're actually doing a little bit better than we should be. You know, there's no there's no disguising here. There's no there's no elements of luck here. There's there's nothing where you can put your finger on it and say, oh yeah, but if that happened, that was different. Or that, that those things are running out. They're really running out. I mean, look, Arteta's clutching at straws even in the post-match to start, he blamed our, he blamed Pepe so much. And that was actually um, a break from his normal clear headed uh, post-match analysis, win, lose or draw. I, I always like what I hear from him and someone else, I'm stealing a line from someone because I saw it on Twitter today and I totally agreed with it. He someone said on Twitter today, I like what I hear from Arteta. It's just sometimes I don't like what I see from his team. And I think that that's, that's, that's very clear. And I think all of us are happy that when he talks to the media, we're sort of on board with it and we think he makes the right decisions. And I've, I've been uh, you know, a big advocate of some of the stuff that he said and I've retweeted plenty of his uh, interviews and said, you know, this is, this is exactly how we should be talking. But even he lost it yesterday and started to just go down the cul-de-sac of blaming Pepe. So... Uh, you know, if he hasn't got that, he hasn't got anything. To- but Al, Al, surely, surely you, 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 you know, he's he's not been a year in charge, and the and the circumstances of the last twelve months have made it difficult. And you're right, he does say the right things, Dan, and he's got a fir- he's got a firm I- belief in that. People keep saying this, but every single club has had to deal with the pandemic, with the differences that's made to them at their clubs, and nobody is underperforming as much as us. Dan, uh, oh Josh, you were about to say something. Sorry, what were you going to say, Josh? You put your hand up. No, okay. I was going to. Yeah, I, 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 I did. I just. Sorry, there. This is the beauty of uh, of doing these online. What What I was going to just, you know, say to Alan is, I, I'll take what you say about where we should be in the league position. 
I still cannot remove myself from the fan that watched us in those games in the semi-final of the FA Cup, in the final of the FA Cup that has gone to Old Trafford. I haven't had that as an Arsenal fan in quite a long time where I've got faith that we'll turn up to one of those games and we can do that. And that is what Mikel Arteta has given us. And you know what? We're going to do bugger all in the league this year. We are going to do nothing. We are six at best. And that's okay. And it's probably quite a good season for us all not to be in the stadium. And you didn't enter the ballots. You definitely don't have to worry about being in the stadium. So what I just think overall is we've basically got another 20 what have we got left in the league? 29 games left in the league to meander probably somewhere to about fifth or sixth. But I believe this is part of a longer term process where I'm willing to believe that this is the man that will get us back into the top four and within a couple of years could even potentially make us challenge. I mean, every, every other manager in the Premier League has been in their position longer than Arteta. Is that right? I'm having a bit of a punt on that one, but it must be close. No, I, think, I, I, think, I think that's right. But every 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 manager has had to deal with all of the all of the things that, that but they had something in place prior to that a lot longer than Mikel they did do. they do they they have had that in place but he's had enough time with his players now that was his 29th premier league game as arsenal boss his performance stats against other bosses in those first 29 games are poor as uh, you know i tweeted stolen by Amazon yesterday. I don't put any context around that. It's up for people to decide what that is. But he's a he's a whole um, you know double digit figure away from Emery's points at this stage. So yeah, so you know I'm. Do I want Arteta to be successful at Arsenal? Of course I do. Do, do you I, think he will? Do you think he will be? Turn it round. Well, this is it. Do I hope that he turns it round? Yes. Do I think that he will be? There have to be questions asked, and that's all I've ever said. It's all think, I've ever said. I think and, it's... And, 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 yeah. and I'm not coming at this from, you know, the, the kind of time when, you know, I raised these doubts about Wenger, because I was one of the first, and people were saying, oh, this, this is a bit weird. You know, we've, we've just gone unbeaten a season, you know, three seasons ago. Why are you raising doubts about him? And, and all I said then was, well, I'm not saying I want him out. You know, this is around 2008. I'm not saying I want him out, but there's definitely a bit of a few doubts, isn't there? And, and, and people dismiss that. Why do people think everything has to be so black and white these days? I am not saying Arteta out, and I never, ever said Wenger out. But if you don't question these people on the things that they get wrong, they get a free reign at it. And we saw Wenger do that for a decade. Sure. I think, I think to be fair to Alan... Career. Sure. To be fair to you, Alan and Dan, um, there is a point, isn't there? I mean, I'm I'm totally in favour. You know, this time round, I, I was you know very much on board with Arteta becoming our manager. And to start with, he seemed to have arrested a lot of the issues surrounding Unai Emery. Like for me, Unai Emery, the communication factor, which I think is very important, the 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 kind of fiddling around with formation and not knowing his best team, and the shocking kind of latter late period of of, the, of his first full season when we failed against Europe and all of that. Now I do feel I'm slightly worried about Arteta. Slightly worried in that I think it's fairly weird that he can't get a better attacking um, display. With the likes of Aubameyang, Pepe, Saka, Lacazette, Willian, you know, I'll get on to him in a minute. I mean, I'll be very pleased if Willian never sets foot on, our, on, on, on the pitch ever again for us because I think he's been an absolute just disaster of a signing. Um, 
you know, these players, we've got a lot of good attacking players. And yet there's something about the way he has set the team up and the way he's got us playing. And it's very, even, even, you know, this very kind of technical in order to get a chance, you have to string a certain number of passes together in a very meticulous way. And it's quite slow and, um, and all of that. And we're just not, we are, there's a huge problem, isn't there, Dan? We have to address it with creating chances at the moment. Yeah, well, I mean, one, one thing that uh, was talked about ahead of the Leeds game is the fact that Arsenal haven't scored a goal on the counter and haven't really created any chances on the counter. And that's been Arsenal's MO for, for a generation. And that's how Arsenal have won titles by playing um, really quickly on the transition and putting teams to the sword. I mean, the, 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 uh, the second chance was was a breakaway, uh, and that could have won it for Arsenal against Leeds. But uh, it, it has been different. I always think Arsenal are, are very good when when they play with with a, a high tempo. It's not been the case, I guess, so far this season. It has been different for a long time. We were calling for for Arsenal to to sort the the, the, the defence out, and he didn't seem to be too interested. Mikel Arteta has, has been better at that, obviously, but it's it's getting that balance right, and he's talked about it, and it, and it's not there yet. No one's suggesting it is. But nine games into a new season, I st- I, I, look, I'm always gonna, I'm always gonna defend the club um, it, because of my position to a certain extent. But I still, I still believe that there is plenty to offer this this season from Arsenal, and and I'm I'm not too down about it just yet. And as per sure, but as per Allen's um, comment about what he said after the the game in the post match interview, I think I, I kind of know what he means because I thought Arteta. I mean, I don't think I I, I think Arteta was asked with, about the the lack of chances we created, like no shots on target before the sending off. And he was asked about that on Sky, and he looked quite angry about it. Well, and that was I the think, same. That was the same at United as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I think he. But I think there's that's uh, you know he is obviously aware of it as an issue because you, you'd have to be blind not to be aware because the state is so stark but he looked annoyed to be asked about it in the interview and he kind of flim flammed a little bit about you know oh they created chances i mean the actual status they created um uh like 20 25 shots 25 attempts on goals yeah yeah. 25 shots we had nine two on target both after the sending off i mean it, it it i just i think it's weird put it this way like I think it's brilliant. I think what he's, so we were all giving him a lot of credit for the defensive unit thing. And Gary Neville was banging on about that in the commentary about, you know, we looked good. He liked our defensive setup. And sure enough, you know, they had 25 shots. We didn't concede. I mean, they hit the post and the Woodrow about 8,000 times, but there we go. Um, I just think actually I'm the reason I am starting to be a bit worried is I wonder whether he's not that bothered maybe about our being an attacking Force and he seems to be adopting an almost Mourinho, old school Mourinho esque, you know, set it up to not lose. You know, at one point, all the, the we had about six people in defense before the sending off, you know, Mourinho and everyone was back. Sorry, go, yeah, go on, Alan. Mourinho got results. I mean, it's the old I know, but well, maybe he's results. well, maybe we should be happy that he's saying us up like that then. But also, Boyd, there you mentioned there about his, his post match comments, and I think Alan also took issue with them. I, I don't know if you're, you're upset with the, his comments on Pepe, but he gave three identical interviews where he basically just used the word unacceptable yeah. to answer most questions that were, that were put to him. I, I, I think that's okay. Oh, well, well, that. What's he supposed to do with Pepe? With uh, of that. which yeah. it was, it, it, the headbutt was in line with the rest of Pepe's performance, by the way, wasn't it? It was just tepid. Um, it was just a ludicrous one to, to get sent off with. And there's no other thing that he can say. He, there is no defense there. Um, 
you know, he's massively let us down. And I'm sure he was absolutely, you know, seething because much as it was nil-nil, 11 v 11, everyone said it about Leeds this season. They were going to be, you know, more vulnerable, you know, potentially as the game went on. So I don't know. I didn't mind. I felt there was a bit of anger there from Arteta, but it was sort of genuine. Um, It was genuine. I think the TV one must have come first because... Maybe his anger hadn't subsided. To me, it just seemed a bit too barbed for what we expect from him. But look, you know, as I said yesterday, that that sort of you don't want that to deflect from how bad the performance is, and you don't want him to hang that out there as an excuse. Um, he was. I, I I didn't rate Arteta as a player anyway, and you know he has he had that sort of defensive mindset as a player. Um, yeah, I'm slightly with maybe you there. That, maybe that style is, is coming through, you know. I, I mean, I didn't particularly enjoy him watching him play for Arsenal. Um, I think he was, a, he was a different player, though, when he came to Arsenal. I mean, he had that really bad injury that kept him out for about eight months when he was injured against Newcastle playing for Everton, and he, and he was a different player after that. I'd, I'd, you're, 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 you're absolutely right. He, but, but he, you know, he wasn't a he, he was a creator uh, when he first came to to England and, and and in previous spells where was it Rangers and briefly at PSG. But he, 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 his game did change. But I'm so, I know what Alan means though. I was I, I was never that big a fan of him either. I, I kind of associate him with a period of some mediocrity. He, he was you know. But I'm not you know. I I, I think I, I totally agree with Alan about that point about Arteta. I was never. He wasn't an exciting, thrilling prospect, was he? You know, he was like a kind of fairly safe passer of the ball, kind of retain, retain um, possession, all of that. But my my my. Sorry, Joshua, you're, you're looking furious. No, on I, I, well, I, you know, I, I don't think Wenger was like, uh, you know, necessarily the most skillful player in, in football <laughs> yeah, history. But, so sorry. We'll leave him alone. Well, Wenger wasn't picked, yeah, but Wenger wasn't picked as manager because of his playing career, was he? I mean, but I don't think Arteta wasn't picked because of his playing career. I mean, he, no, he I, created I such I, an impression I, when he was at the club. Yeah, I, I didn't say that. I just said that because of the way he played, Maybe that's filtering through into the way that he's managing. Potentially, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's, so I think I think that's fair. Saying, that's fair. I wasn't but, yeah. saying that I'm comparing his, you know, performance as a player with how he'll perform as a manager because yes, sure. we definitely know that that is not the benchmark to um, assess potential managers on. Yeah. Um, Let, but you know, do do managers that are successful come out of the way that we we we, you know. Do they come out of that kind of career progression? You know, you look at look at all of the managers that have done well in the Premier League recently. They haven't come out of that first job young, mm. um, as being a good assistant somewhere, and then you know thrust into the limelight. I can't I can't really recall any. You might be able to tell me some, but well, well, Guardi- well Guardiola Guardiola was was you know. No, but by the time City get him, he's obviously managed. Barcelona. So sure, but when he was at Barcelona, he he was in charge of the of their second team, wasn't he? And then he, you know, he came out but being I a player in the Premier League. Has anybody come first time out from that kind of position as young as him, and then and then flourished? I haven't seen it. Hmm. And I, I, I'd, yes. be, I'd be questioning because of how difficult this league is, and they all mention it, and you know, people over the continent mention it and say that you know there are no easy games and. You know, you will be in for a battle even if you're away at Leeds and, you know, they'll create chances against you, things like that. I just I just wonder if, if it's come a bit too soon for him. I think it's... I think it's, it's and to me, that's a valid, valid, valid question. 
Yeah, it's valid. Um, let's. There's more valid questions I want to ask. I want to talk about Pepe in, in more depth um, and uh, various other issues after this break. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. And we're back from the break. I do want to talk about Pepe, um... So there's the sending off is one thing. And I think, you know, I mean, plenty of players have done that before. He's not, you know, on, on match of the day two, your mate, Josh, uh, last night was shown to have uh, had a headbutt situation, um, which was very funny. So, yes, they did show that of, uh, of Micah, but um, he, he, to be fair, Micah yep. had been a lot more provoked than the reverse situation sure. from what we sure. saw. Sure. I'm just, and, and of course, the player went down and it was embarrassing and all of that. And that's why the, the post-match scenes of Xhaka with his arm round that player, what's his name, that player? Um, well, the Leeds uh, player. Yeah. Alioski. Alioski. Him. Um, and then there was the, the best moment of the whole night was when was a uh, Tierney running in <laughs> to, uh, to have a go um, and uh, defend the honor of Pepe kind of, or just basically, you know, kind of have a go at those two for being too friendly. Um, but Alan, you've been relent—well, not well, re- semi-relentless in your in your critique of Pepe not being having technical flaws and all of that. I mean, obviously, when you when you you know when you bear in mind his fee, it, it, it has been it's been disappointing. But do you think? I mean, I think William is more disappointing. I mean, I alluded to this last week. I think William. I think William's worse. I think he's having worse performances, you know, and he's played week in, week out. He had, he's had one good game for us, the very first game, and he's been absolutely diabolical since then. And he was very mediocre yesterday, pretty much as mediocre as Pepe. And yet he's the experience, you know, multiple winner, multiple trophies and all of that. So he should be setting some kind of example. I'd quite be happy for him to, to be dropped and the uh, youngsters brought in instead. But do you think, what do you think, would you, now that Pepe's been sent off, is he going to miss three league games suspended? Do you think that's it for him? Or do you think it's still fair to persevere with him? Do you think people are being melodramatic about him? You have to persevere with him. And um, I'd, I'd get him back in the team immediately when, when the suspension's over. I guess that he'll be playing in, all the uh, Europa Cup matches, Europa League matches now, just to um, get game time while he can't play in the Premier League. Um, I I think it's very difficult because, you know, the debates we've had about him centre on the fairness of him having a run in the team and being played with players around him that are playing in a system that will suit him. And I've always conceded to you that he hasn't had that therefore 
My only real criticisms have been on individual passages of play, and some of those in the Europa League have been awful. His, two, his last two first halves in the in the Europa League were, were so so bad, like missing ten yard passes. I think he had uh, the fullback on the overlap with a, a ten yard pass just inside him, and he kicked the ball out of play. He took a corner that went into the side netting. So to me, that that's where I start questioning his technique. All that said, I thought yesterday he had absolutely no support from Bellerin. Um, I, I was astonished to see the stats today, and, and Bellerin hardly passed to him. He hardly even found him yesterday because he's too busy bombing on himself. Um, I know that did create one good chance in the game, but I, I think you need to question everyone, and it goes back to one of my key points, and I've, I've, I've had those players down the years that I'll mention and people will mention to me whenever I'm about to come on to this podcast and say, oh, you know, you said this about Walcott, you said this about Oxlade-Chamley, you said this about Rosicki. Um, the one thing that I can say is that I will always hand my, hold my hand up to is those players have played in an environment where we've been struggling of late and there's no consistency to it. And can you drag them out of that and say, well, if everyone was performing around them, they would perform on a much more regular basis and you'd have a totally different view of them. And Pepe hasn't had that yet. And that's what we have to, that's what we have to hope is the problem. But if it's a problem there, where else is it a problem on the pitch? Yeah, I think it's fair enough, isn't it, Dan? That, that, I mean, I think, you know, since he started, since he joined us, I think Pepe's done had some great moments, you know, he's clearly potential, he's got the potential, hasn't he, to be one of our more creative, more um, productive players. And he's, you know, and all of that, but do you think, I mean, do you think we should persevere with him? And do you yeah, think, I, th- yeah. I think, I think you've got to, I mean, the, the, the fee sort of clouds a lot for some, doesn't it? Because it's such an awful lot of money and you expect someone to hit the ground running as well. He's 25, Nicola Pepe. Now he got eight goals in all competitions last season. When he was at Lille, he got 22, but he scored an awful lot of penalties uh, for them. It, I thought, obviously, Arsenal played with, with the back three and wing backs an awful lot, um, or a, a, a three-four-three, if you like. Whether whether the system yesterday didn't suit, I don't know. I think you've got to persevere. I think there is a player in there. It's whether uh, Arsenal can, can can get it out of him. Whether Mikel Arteta can. And I still retain a lot of hope because every now and then you, you see an awful lot of quality. He loves to cut inside. He's got a great shot on him. He is a little bit wasteful, uh, as Alan says. It's his second season in the Premier League, so he's got to start doing it by the end of this season. I think we've got to see a little bit more from him. But you, I think you have to stick with him at the minute. Yeah. What, what, am, I getting, am I getting too angry about William as well? I mean, probably. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I think that the, the, the thing is he, start, he started all bar one of the Premier League games this season. So yeah. that, that, I think that's why we expect more from him. I didn't think he'd start that many. I no, thought he would be a squad player. I didn't think he'd be. But I guess, you, as you said, he, he starts well against Fulham, a couple of assists um, and a hand in another goal. And you think, well, this is it. We, we, we've got a, a really good sign and we've pinched one here. I know he's on decent money. Um, but then he's, he's dipped after that, hasn't he, significantly? I didn't think he'd start as many games. I thought he'd be off the bench. I thought it would be Europa League. I thought he'd come in every now and then. So he's, he's been used a bit differently to what I thought he would be. Josh, yeah, I'm going to say it. Sorry, what, what are you going to say? I'm going to say it now, right? William's annoying me so much. And I think it's part of this whole kind of buying has been Chelsea players. I find the whole thing irritating. Um, but he's annoying me so much that um, I'd rather see Ozil, I think, than him. 
I honestly would. I think I'd rather see Ozil given a chance again because he's kind of could do, you know, could play in those positions that William's playing in. And I think he, I don't think he'd lose the ball like William does so often. And I think he'd probably create a few better passes than William's doing. So I just don't. And now William was given a free pass to play in this game, despite having gone to Dubai in the international break, apparently against, you know, not the wishes of the club, etc., and had to be tested for COVID and all that. He seems to be getting a, with, away with a lot more for me than, uh, than other players at Arsenal. And I think if the manager, again, this is why I'm slightly going, I'm not going, I think, well, I think Alan's is fair to be critical because I think if you're going to adopt a very disciplinarian approach that Arteta has, particularly with Ozil for whatever reason, then you've got to be consistent, haven't you? And with performances and everything. And if Williams' performances are that mediocre and is also doing stuff off the pitch that is dodgy, then why should he, why should he get a free pass? Look, you're making a huge point here about about Willian, who I completely with Dan. I couldn't believe that he will be a starting Arsenal player every single game this season. You know, we had someone start at work with us at um, one of my companies this week, and a friend asked me, "Oh, how was the first week?" And I said, "Like Willian, brilliant! Like, like so so overjoyed at how how great someone's hit the ground running." But I was saying, well, I hope it doesn't turn into a William because here we are seven weeks later and we'd rather they probably hadn't come, right? That's the situation we're in. You're saying Ozil to come back into the squad. I'm agreeing with you, but I mean, I just cannot see how that relationship oh, no. I'm not you know, saying it's going it to happen. Down. But I'm I just would, saying I'm in a totally fantasy with, world. Yeah, I'm with you. I can't help but think with, with Pepe, just to go back a second, that there is something going on. Apparently his English is still not particularly good. The the signs are that he's not overly settled, you know, here in London. And yeah, well, yeah, you mentioned it, Boyd moments. I remember being at, at West Ham for the away game mm. where Freddie was in charge. Brilliant. Like I thought that is the, we've got a turning point here. Brilliant performance. It looked like the players wanted to give him the ball, even when it wasn't always going his way, it was give him the ball, give him the ball. And eventually, you know, he, he was pivotal that night. But I just cannot think of a run of three games where you've gone even seven out of ten, seven out of ten, seven out of ten. And I don't know how long you you go on with that for. But isn't it great, actually, that we now do have three Thursdays in a row where he can just play in the Europa League? Because you could sort of worry if this was a regular sort of Premier League sort of season and they didn't have other fixtures going on at the moment in such regularity, you know, you can suddenly spend almost a month and barely play. So... You know, that's uh, at least a positive. I'm sure he will play. And you just hope that he hits, you know, he wants to make up for it and, you know, try and uh, redeem himself a bit. I think, to be honest, there is something to be... Would would we all feel a lot angrier had we lost yesterday? Because then you can really pin it on him. Whereas, you know, what Alan said, I sort of agree with. I don't think we were necessarily going to win the game, particularly with 11. We did pretty well to, you know, to get the draw. We should give positive mentions to some of the defence and particularly Burnt Leno. But, like but, overall, well, yeah, but overall, let's just, uh, you know, I, I think Pepe has just got a huge point to prove and, and make up for it in the next in the next three games in Europe. And I think he I think he might. I think he might. Yeah, I mean, he's done. He's, he's played OK in Europe anyway, hasn't he? Alan, um, what's your feeling about William? William. I can't say I'm a fan and I totally agree that this policy that we've had going back maybe a decade now of having cast-offs from the other teams around around us in the table or where we would want to be in the table 
just doesn't seem to be to be a very good policy at all. Um, you know, you've got the, the the main one being Sylvester. It all started with him coming from Manchester United, but there have been five or six others that have all been questionable in that time. And that kind of policy is only really going to keep you around where we are in the table rather than, um, you know, moving up and challenging. Now, if that's to do with the, you know, the reluctance to spend money from our owners or the fact that there's no money there, then we could debate that all day because that's a, that's a totally different debate. Um, just to put everyone on the spot, because I definitely don't know the answer, is there another window to add Ozil back to the squad? Is that the same as the transfer window? It's a good question. I'm not sure. I presume so. I would have thought so, but I wonder if it's just for incoming new players to the club. If, you, if the player's already registered at the club and you didn't put them in the, in the is it a 25, a list of 25? Yeah, yeah, I still... I still would have thought you could get someone back because if someone was out injured rather than out of favour, you could get them back in the squad when when that window reopens. I would have thought it's not just about new signings. I, I, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't actually know, but I, I it would surprise me if you couldn't. Yeah, me too. But the the one key thing there that I would say is because it's been such a strange period at the club, and you think about the way that Xhaka came back into the affections and Guendouzi went the absolute opposite way. And someone like Torreira, you know, hung around the middle of that and, and isn't even the club anymore. Strange things can happen. Absolutely. Just yeah. to say, he, he can come back in January. Definitely can come back. So there's a new registration window. Well, um, look, let's hope they patch things up in that time because I'm of the opinion that if you're, you're paying someone with his, his quality, even if we haven't seen enough of that recently, it's got to be better than, than what we saw yesterday. Um, and there are probably other players that I'd rather talk about than, than you know, being asked about William, who I think we know enough about him now to, to, to see what we're going to get from him and know that he is a cast-off and he's on the downward spiral in his career. But um, for me, Reese Nelson was appalling yesterday, absolutely appalling. And you're looking at a young player that can't even take a corner properly and shouldn't be anywhere near the squad. Um, and I thought Joe Willock was, was terrible yesterday as well. Now, these are young players, and we like to bring on young players as fans. That w- we get no more satisfaction than some- seeing someone like um, Saka play for England and play well for us and then speak so amazingly before and after games. I mean, he has to be up right up there. But he's going to be a rarity. And when you compare him to players like Willock, and Nelson and the way that those two played yesterday, you have to say, and I saw someone else say it today, how many clubs in the Premier League would start those two? It's a bit like the Welbeck situation, the Walcott situation, Iwobi and players like that. These players are struggling to get starts at teams further down the divisions. You know, someone like Carl Jenkinson can't even get in Nottingham Forest team at the moment. However hard they're struggling in the championship, they're about six from bottom of the championship. Yet, um, you know, one of our previous bosses decided that he was worthy of a, a long-term, a long-term contract. So that mismanagement of youth and and overrating our youth team players is a massive thing that Arteta has to deal with. And and. They're some of the only players he's going to have 
you know, available to him unless funds are made available. And they're not good enough. So I'll give him a pass on that, 100%. Yeah, I, I, th- I think... Go on. Sorry, I, th- I think I think I think you've gone in a, a, li- a little bit strong there. I think Willock was was okay. I, I don't think he stood out as being a, a hugely you know poor performer. He made he made, um, he, made he made five forward passes, Josh. Five forward yeah, passes. I, I don't think Arsenal had a great day out, but I, I don't think that he was like exceptionally bad. And I think he'd done enough in in the European games to warrant um, to warrant certainly the some first start league got, minute. I think we've got yeah. Got, Disguising these cup games against either rested opposition or worse opposition, and then compare them to the kind of performances we want in the bread and butter of the league. Because people no, are doing this with Arteta saying, Hang on, no, I, I, Joe, Joe Willock, I think, was making something like his, what is it, mid-60s Arsenal appearances now he's made. You know, this is not, uh, you know, a complete, you know, untried, um, you know. You know I think, I think That's even worse, then. Well, uh, I, I, th- I think he deserved it. I think he deserved a few, uh, you know, so, some time on the pitch. It was obviously a little bit unusual to see someone go from, you know, no Premier League minutes, you know, to suddenly being given a, a start. But... You know, obviously we had different situations with different players being out that I think warranted it. Um, Reese Nelson, I, I mean, I don't know why Gary, Gary Neville thought we were very dangerous from set pieces, but... That was um, insane. That was, was madness. He was banging on about it, wasn't he, boy? Do you yeah. make a point, I think? Yeah. I mean, whoever takes our corners and free kicks, they're all terrible. Pepe, William, um, uh, you know, all, Willock, whatever, absolute disaster. Our corners are terrible. Our throw-ins, I mean, Alan obviously is, is bangs on quite rightly, quite fairly about Bellerin's throw-ins. Always, every game now, there's at least one foul throw. An absolute disgrace, that. An absolute disgrace. But we're supposed to have a new dead ball um, coach, haven't we? Or set-piece coach, Dan, isn't that right? I mean, it is that it is a bit embarrassing, isn't it, our situation? For- uh, well, it was. It certainly wasn't great against Leeds, that's for sure. Just, just on, the young, on the young players thing, uh, you have to be exceptional to play for Arsenal as a young player. And and you know you, this is the, the bar is so high and uh, and as Alan points out, there is so much goodwill towards players and those that get given a go are encouraged so much and at some stage if they're not good enough they're going to have to move on uh, and you know Sakari is, is not the norm it's it's so unusual not just at Arsenal uh, at any top club at any big club you have to be, you know, such a good player to get regular minutes if you're a teenager. I know that um, uh, Reese Nelson's 20 now and Joe Willicks, I think, is 21. Um, it was it was Willicks' first Premier League start of the season. I think he deserves a go. It wasn't his best performance. We all know that. Um, but you've got to be one of the very best. And if and if you're not, you, you will be moved on. And, you know, Alan talks about some... Pl- good enough, though, Dan. Is quite good enough with those players. Well, you know, I used to go down the, to, to Underhill and watch them when they were at Barnet and, and, and down at Boreham Wood. Now that they're, um, the under 23 games have, have been down there before we, uh, couldn't go to games. And, you know, from what I see, it, it, it just, it's just not good. Well, enough. I mean, no, I, I think strike rate doesn't compare to the kind of clubs that we want to compete with. Well, well, who, well, I mean, we if if you look at the other clubs who who we're talking about, we, Chelsea have got a crop that have come through, but Tammy Abraham is not first choice. Reese James, I guess, 
is Mason Mount has come through. I guess he's a, a sort of favourite of Frank Lampard. I think Chelsea are almost in that situation that Man United were all those years ago. But if you look at the other clubs, Liverpool have got what? Alexander-Arnold, definitely. Curtis Jones, maybe. Who have Spurs got? Kane, who's come through. Anybody else? It's it, You're right to, to look at that that strike rate, but they're, they're, they're low everywhere, I think, apart from the odd exception, the odd generation. Um, and if you get one coming through to play regularly, I think you've done well. I think the... Um, I, 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 I am disappointed with the performances of those players when they come into the Premier League team. I, I think there is a bit of something happening, something, and I think it's in in a way you can't blame them too much. I feel because they're being surrounded by experienced players that are playing badly or mediocrely, if that's a word as well. So I feel like you watch for me, you watch players like Willock and uh, Maitland Niles and Reese Nelson in the Europa, and they seem to know each other and play better. And then when they're brought in with the with the with the players the in the Premier League games, it's the opposition, sorry, not the familiar. It's the opposition, not the familiarity. The, yeah, but no, but I think there's something opposition. about the familiarity as well. I think I think it's both. I think it's both. Um, well, you know, as soon as we came up against a decent side in the Europa League last year, we went out. Well, we'll um, see. We'll see. Okay, we're running out of time. We need to make predictions. And we also we haven't mentioned Arsene Wenger's uh, Desert Island Discs, um, which I feel was a moment. Um, uh, he picked my way, Frank Sinatra. Um, I felt like, you know, slightly a point being made by some of his, uh, some of his, some of his choices. Um, but it was, uh, he was, he was great and he was, you know, clearly, you know, he was a kind of cultured man and he was Jacques Brel and all this. It was kind of, did you hear it, Josh? Were you, were you, well, did you enjoy the, it? the bit. The bit I loved most of it was he claimed that he could go into a restaurant and he'd immediately know who the good waiters were and who the bad waiters were from his experiences in his parents' bistro. Oh, yeah, I that mean, was good, yeah. yeah. I, that was that's, a hell of a, that's a hell of a skill. He also picked <laughs> Bob Marley and said reggae is cool um, at the end. Like, I'm now have, and he, at one point, I think he started talking about smoking dope. I don't want to, you know... <laughs> I don't wanna, uh, but I just have visions now of Arsene you know, kicking back with a spliff watching French second division games and, you know, calling out Arteta and going, buy this player, he's cool. Um, but it was... If, uh, uh, well, maybe Chesney is going to have a listen and go that, you know, he was hypocritical <laughs> right. a few years oh, ago completely. having a go at his smoking. Yeah. Could be. Completely. Completely. This Sunday, by the way, it's you've got the, the waves of Arsene Wenger book promotion appearances are still coming in. Um, even though the book is fairly dull, as we've talked about in the podcast. But on Sunday, I don't know if anyone knows, as part of the Hay Festival, the Hay Literature Festival, Elton John is interviewing Arsene Wenger. Um, yeah. And I that think was one some, of his songs, wasn't it? Wasn't yeah, it was one of his songs. Yeah. So he talks about how he, how he sees him quite a lot, and he's met him lots of times. And Well, more than that, and they've had dinner in the same restaurant in Nice and all of that. Apparently, they're pretty good friends. And, um, and yeah, as I say, Elton John is interviewing him. I think it's in you know, early evening, Sunday. Uh, I shall certainly be tuning in to that. Alan, predictions. Yeah. So we've got this game. We've got the Europa game against Mould. Milda. Yeah. Milda, thank you. <laughs> Commentator Dan knows how to pronounce these things. <laughs> and Arsenal against Wolves. A huge yeah. clash. Um, I think Sunday. Mould will win... Um, Two one or two nil. I think Pepe will get on the score sheet if he if he starts. I think uh, he'll get quick redemption in terms of uh, scoring against them. And I think I think Wolves 
I think we'll we'll probably battle to a, a, another draw. I can see another draw there, maybe one one or two two. Two 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 goals. Wow. I mean that, that's exciting prospect. Um, uh, Dan, do you think we'll score again ever? And what particularly do you think the score will be in these games? Of course, yeah. The, the Norwegian title's been won, incidentally, not by Mulder, but by a side called Bodo Glimt, if that's the right pronunciation. They're 18 points clear. Um, 18? Wow. Yeah, there's still, still, there's still ooh, I don't know how many games left, six or seven games left. Uh, maybe well, there can't be that many. They're 18, whatever the maths are. Um, Mulder a second. Uh, Arsenal, Arsenal will beat Mulder. Uh, and we'll also beat Wolves. I'm always the optimist, you know that. I, I think we've got two wins coming up here. Let's go um, 3-1 against Mulder and 1-0 against Wolves. Penalty? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Josh, Josh, will we score from open play, Josh? You know, free, be free kick. Yeah. I, I, I don't know about open play, but I, I'm going to go for uh, two 1-0 victories. Um, not sure where the goals will come from, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, it just could feel so different. That's all we need, just two, two wins, and we, we start to sort of look up. Because, you know, what are we, four points off the top four? I know it sounds ridiculous to say, but I just we need to, we need to suddenly find a run. And, oh, and obviously, then we've, then we've yeah. got, you know, Spurs away. And oh, God, I'm terrified. Spurs Spurs Southampton away, so, you know, there's, there's some tough ones to come. So, Let me yeah, say right try now, and get one in. Terrified of Spurs away. They are, I mean, they could destroy us. Kane and Son, oh my God, they could destroy us. Anyway, let's not worry about that now. Uh, Mould, I think we'll we'll win as well. Um, I think 1-0. And I think against Wolves, I've got a snasty feeling we might get, it might be a draw, an annoying draw. Yeah, 1-0. I'm going to go 1-0. Thank you so much, Dan, as ever. Pleasure. Um, and, uh, And Alan, as ever as well. And cheers, uh, like, yeah, cheers, Dan. Cheers, Al. Sorry. And Josh. And we'll be back next week, hopefully, with fewer technical problems. We had technical problems. That's fine. That's fine now. Bye. Wasn't that a great podcast? Now, if you've got 90 seconds spare in your day, come and listen to ours. It's called What Has He Said Now? and is available wherever you got this podcast. You're going to lose a number of people to the flu. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.